Hi, folks. Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at RiderFlex. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. And as a reminder, please subscribe to the RiderFlex show for updates on new episodes. And by the way, if you haven't already, check out the book we recently launched, The RiderFlex Guide, Inspiring and Hiring, available for purchase on Amazon. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360, fuel your brand. Wyatt Ewing on the RiderFlex podcast. Hello, Wyatt. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Excited to do this. It sounds like a movie star name that uh, for a guy that would be in Westerns. Wyatt Ewing. Right? <laughs> you know, I I appreciate that. I'm gonna I, I'll take that. Uh, actually, I was named after Wyatt Earp, so it, right. it's the go. Your mom and dad were Western fans, were they? Yeah, big time. Yep, okay. yep. They live up in uh, Wyoming, and they live oh. on a ranch. So there you yeah. go. <laughs> Had to be. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, tell me. Yeah, tell me about your. Your uh, family a little bit, some personal stuff. Mom, dad, where you grew up, siblings. Give give us some of that if you don't mind. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, goodness, uh, depending on how far we want to go back, go back. Uh, I grew up in Colorado Springs. Um, my my dad worked in contracting, just like general contracting. Um, okay. My granddad on my mom's side, he was a U.S. astronaut. He was the eighth man to walk on the moon. So, what? What? That's yeah. pretty cool. That's yeah. So cool. grew up uh, with a very with a strong fascination uh, in space and exploration and pioneering. Um, yeah. His name was Jim Irwin. He was a very fascinating human and cool. Um, also inspiring as well. Right. Um, yes. Especially. I guess those early days, we were still a lot closer to, you know, space exploration. So just growing up, it was, it was exciting to have that, that lineage and it was motivating. Um, and yeah, grew up in Colorado Springs, had a couple siblings. Um, and yeah, I, I, I had a, an interesting upbringing. My dad was in a, a bad car accident in 99. And so, um, that shifted a lot in our family uh, history and uh, just had to become really scrappy uh, and very like survivalist. Uh, mm. The the car accident was pretty, pretty significant uh, and created a lot of damage. Uh, he, he didn't work him. after he that. Lived. He didn't work. Man, not for like 10 years. Oof. Wow. Yeah. So it was, it was tough. Mm. Um, but how old I mean, were you with that 99? How old were you? Right around. Yeah, I was, six or seven when that had happened. Wow. Um, okay. So by nine, I got like, I've literally been working since nine years old because <laughs> my, um yeah, my mom, right. We needed, we, we needed financial support. So my brother and I, we would just chip in where we could. And while we were going to school, we would get up super early and this uh, guy uh, named Rick owned a ranch and he would breed uh mustangs for um for racing so okay. like super aggressive horses yeah he hired us to feed them so my brother was just a year and a half older he was like 
Uh, okay, so this was so I was nine. He was like eleven, just turned eleven. Uh, he would drive this huge ranch truck. I would sit on the back with like thirty different bowls of food, and I my job was to jump out of the truck, set them down, and then get back in the truck as fast as possible before I got trampled by these super aggressive horses because <laughs> these horses are just trained to breed, right? And so, yes. like, yeah, they wanted just to eat you. Um, <laughs> First job, Mustang horse feeder. I like that. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Um, <laughs> very unsafe. Very like looking back, um, shocked that we were even in that position. Like, right? I mean, there were there yeah. were times where I would be sprinting for my life away from these wild horses, and um, yeah. But it it you know it taught me a really good work ethic. The guy was really cruel, really harsh. And, um, at the time it was really hard, but like, it, it just gave me a lot of grit. Did and you guys live I on a farm? Did you live on some acreage or any? No. Okay. No, no, no. I was okay. very new to it. My name fit the bill though. So like, I guess, you know, why right. the Western name? So I don't know. What kind, anyhow, of kid, what kind of kid did you end up being teenager? Were you rebel? Were you uh, in trouble? Were you good kids? Straight A's? I no, I was I was I wouldn't say I was a good kid. Um, I was a anxious kid, but I was also extremely driven uh, from all of the again, because I went from that job to another job. And so I got this like entrepreneurial drive early on, coupled with a lot of grit. Like I knew that we were here before my dad's accident. Now we're here. I want to get out of this. And okay. so I was very focused, but struggled with a lot of anxiety and I definitely overcompensated with confidence. And oh. so my thing was like super confident. Uh, I, I guess I would mouth off to my teachers and tell them that I make more money than they do. <laughs> and like, <laughs> I was just, I was a, I was a cocky, arrogant little kid. Um, but um I don't know. I needed that. Like I used to look back and really regret that. But now when I look back on myself, I have a lot more compassion because like so much of my life, like was just based in survival. Like I just had to look out for me. Um, and, and again, it gave me the grit that I needed in life to get to the other side of it all. Um, and so I, I, at times, like I'm thankful for the struggle that I went through. Um, how's your dad now? Is he still with us or no? Yeah. Yep. It took him a while. He did make a, a decent recovery uh, and he's back working and um, yeah, yeah. He got back up on his feet. Um, it was a, he had a lot of brain injuries and a lot of um, breaks in his body that he had to come back from, but he, uh, he, he did it. Does he work for you? <laughs> no, he does not. Maybe one day I'd hire him. <laughs> I'd hire him. <laughs> Any family members work for you? Yeah, so I um I do. I have one sister that worked. Yeah, it was a one tough decision. I was super nervous about it. Um just cuz I didn't know what if it would change any dynamic in the relationship or family and I didn't know she could handle the workload either if I'm honest, but uh she has turned out to be an incredible um employee for the company and uh she she does an amazing job. Your mom, uh, I wanted to ask about her tough, tough. Did she stay with your dad? Did they stay married through all that? Hey, yeah, they did. They stayed married. Hats off to them. They stayed married. She stuck with him. She's been through hell and back. Um, and I think when you go through things like that, like there are pieces of you that break, 
and um sometimes they get put back together sometimes they don't and maybe that's okay right maybe like maybe those like hardships um mm-hmm. they yeah i think i think break you in different ways and sometimes you can piece together sometimes you can't but it makes for uh for good stories and good learning experiences no doubt i mean what a tragedy that happened but um it's shaped your entire family in so many different ways. Right. I mean, really, and kudos to your mom for uh, sticking it out there and, you know, cause she could have easily just bailed. Right. She could have just been like, yeah, I'm out. Sure. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Uh, okay. Very. I appreciate you sharing that with me, man. All right. So, so did yeah. you go to, cause I'm looking at your LinkedIn, but it's not like you said, you're not a LinkedIn guy. Did you go to school? Walk me through any college or early career. Yeah, so I, I'm not a social media guy in general, uh, but I did go to high school and getting out of high school, I was doing pretty well for myself. I just kept, so after the different like job paths, right, I found myself uh, in like these commission-based jobs and I found out that I was a decent salesman. And so I just wanted to keep selling more and more expensive stuff because it paid bigger and bigger commissions. So I jumped right in to, um, let's see, I I started out selling like nice shoes, like expensive shoes. Uh, And then from there, I went to art and fine jewelry and sculptures and and um, different paintings from medium to high-end art from all over the world would come to a gallery and I would sell from there. And yeah. then uh, I think right at, in that job, I was like 20, right? So I was still super young and I uh, got married, got into some real estate deals. Um, and then that was helpful. Uh, so you, let me, let me pause here. you right there. You got married at like 20, 21. That's young. I got married at 20. Yeah. 20. We were both 20 when we got married. I see. So yeah, I met this girl and uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I met her and I couldn't live without her. Still can't. And she's your wife now. Uh, well, there's our internet, internet unstable. What do we got going on here? Why you got the internet? Wait, can you hear me now, buddy? Um, Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. I can hear you now. Mine's yeah. mine shows it strong. I don't know if it's just a yeah, thing. I don't know. Could be mine's showing okay too. Well, I don't know. Let's keep going here for the audience. We'll keep going here. Uh, and if we have to stop and edit it, we will. Um, okay. how'd you meet her? So I, I'm just checking my connection real fast. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, no problem. for the audience. Uh, so that I don't have to necessarily edit this. I'm going to entertain you while Wyatt is checking his internet. Cause this, this is what you do when you have a podcast and you have both on internet connection, this shit happens, right? You, you got to make these little adjustments. All right. I'm good. It shows it's stable and I'm, I'm good. Right. So, how'd so you meet, I met, how'd you, how'd you meet her? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So right after we, I graduated, I, uh, we went to a park with a bunch of friends and she happened to be there and I was instantly attracted to her uh and she was my first girlfriend she was like i was so focused from a young age and just very driven that i didn't spend any time even though i was very interested in girls i didn't spend any time dating um and so right at gosh i was like when we met when i graduated i was like 18 17 18 yeah. and then um yeah i just locked in like everything else and super driven found her i locked in 
and she was a she was a hot hot uh commodity i guess there was a lot of guys trying to date her but um i uh i i guess i won right i was the most aggressive you know male dominant out of them all and <laughs> i went she, for uh, it was she did she go to college or she was uh just out of high school as well just out of high school as well wow i don't know I, I guess college was a little overrated if you go to college to get it to make a good living like check the box i was done so <laughs> i just I went that. straight to family <laughs> i love that now if you were from oklahoma which is where i'm from and you told me that you didn't go to college you got married right out of high school i would think okay that's that happens to a lot of people where i'm from uh but colorado sure. that's not colorado that's not necessarily that's, no. that's not the norm not the norm not super uh admired by any stretch <laughs> um no there was there was a challenge for sure but okay uh, you meet her yeah. and you're like she's like so what do you do for a living and you're like well hey i hustle i sell shit and oh by the way i got some real estate stuff going on basically basically yeah uh her dad did not take me seriously she was super <laughs> curious but i just kept taking her on these really nice fancy dates uh wow. and it seemed to work so <laughs> yeah. i love it man and so all right so Right around then, are you just hustling and grabbing deals where when they come to you, and you're just thinking, "I'm gonna be, I'm an entrepreneur. I can hustle anything. I'm making a living." Or, or did you start to formulate a plan, or were you just shooting? Not yet. Just, no, you're just Wyatt Earp shooting from the lip. What shooting from the hip? What are you doing? I'm just now? shooting from the hip. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I found, and this helped me. I don't think this is for everybody, but it helped me. So a lot of people, they think. Um, I want to do this type of work to make this type of money. My mindset was, I want this type of money. I'll do any type of work to get there in the way to get me to the money. And that was like my focus. Yep. Uh, and so at the time it was, it was art and jewelry. And then from there, I went to these really like high end home remodels. Um, how the hell did you get into that? How did you even get into that? Like, how does that even happen? Uh, okay. So the, I was, I sold shoes to a lady that worked at the art gallery and <laughs> she hired me from there. And then I, somebody introed me to this home remodeling company and I got an interview and, um, they were just impressed that I could sell stuff. Um, and so they then hired me and I became the, I, at that, and I don't say this to brag at all, cause it was just unusual, but I got into their and I immediately maxed out within like the first year, their whole compensation plan that was supposed to be unattainable. <laughs> and, uh, and then I struggled with a little bit of boredom because like, yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of did everything I was told to do there. And, um, uh, but I, I stuck it out for a few years and it provided a great living for my wife and I, um, but I would still say like, just from childhood, I really struggled during that time with anxiety. And just feeling like everything was just survival based, right? And so it wouldn't, it didn't matter how much money I made. It didn't matter the work that I was doing. It just was never enough because from such a young age, it was like just constantly mm -hmm. having to like, I was so scrappy and having to survive. Mm -hmm. um, so really struggled with anxiety and a for in different forms of depression um, that it was, it was pretty intense at different points. Um, thankfully, my wife was super supportive and um yeah, she was always right there for me. Were you, so on, really were you on were you on meds? Did you see counselors for it? I mean, was it that bad? Was it super bad? 
I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've done quite a bit of therapy in my life uh, and life coaching. I was not on meds. I didn't want to go that route. Um, I, I just, I, I preferred a more holistic lifestyle. Um, but I tried other, other, which we can get into, cause that's kind of how I started the company was I was looking for forms of healing for yes. what I had at the time just caused stress. Right. I would just call it stress. My anxiety was just stress. Um, so did the home remodeling thing for a while. And then I went into corporate aviation uh, and started selling jets. That's, <laughs> that was the biggest jump. Um, Man, you, you're grabbing stuff as it's coming to you. You're like, I can sell anything. It don't matter. <laughs> Not yeah, sell yeah. jets. I don't know anything yeah. about jets, but I can sell them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's exactly how it went. Um, <laughs> that was a learning curve, but got into a really sweet gig. Super thankful for the, uh, I worked so, uh, I worked then as a 1099 contractor as an aircraft brokerage for a specific form and super thankful for um, the guy's name was Pat, who took me under his wing, taught me everything he knew in regard to aviation. Not everything. He taught me a lot. And I was super thankful for that. Um, and uh, yeah, it was cool. I, w I really enjoyed what I was doing at the time. Um and then, unfortunately, I, I actually just talked to Pat the other day, uh, which was cool to reconnect with him. And I still have given him a hard time. He ended he ended up merging with another aviation company, and oh, I was so bummed out because uh, when you you know when you merge and it turns more corporate, like I had to now follow all of their rules. Compensation changed, just just was br a brutal a brutal acquisition. Um, gotcha. And then gotcha. I. Yeah. So then I ended up, I ended up quitting that just cause I got to a place where I couldn't, um, I couldn't, I couldn't make a, a good living there. Um, be, because the mindset was, I was, I was younger so that they didn't think that like I needed as much. So they started off paying horrible salaries and they cut our commissions in half. But like I had, I was, even though I was so young, I already had, had, you know, grown. I had a family. I had a kid by this point. Um, and we were planning on another one. Uh, we had a, a beautiful home. So I just couldn't like, I w they took a senior position and put me back into like an entry level position. And I like, it didn't make sense. Um, so I couldn't sustain it. So that was when I, uh, anxiety peaked at an all time high, uh, and I needed something new in life. And I knew I needed to hit the reset button because I was working for so hard for so long. Mm -hmm. um, like I, I was just, I was like, I don't know. I was in my like mid twenties having this like midlife crisis. Like it was just too much. Um, and uh, I wasn't showing up well uh, for my wife and kid. Like I wanted to be, I wasn't focused on anything like personal passion or interest. It was just like grinding and work to attain some level of, security that I don't think I ever would have found in that state. Okay. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So I had just left the aviation firm and I was at a just all time low in life. Anxiety was at an all time high. And uh, I was looking for other ways just to like, in my mind, reduce the stress. And so from there, I, I the stranger told me to take a cold shower. I went home, took a cold shower and changed my life were you like were you like what like were you like bro seriously i mean you're were you like okay i guess i'll take a cold shower 
I can just imagine you come home and your your wife's standing there and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna go take a cold shower so I feel better. <laughs> I don't think I told her. I think I just went straight upstairs, turned the water cold, and like just shivered. And I was like, I was <laughs> counting, trying to like see how long I could stay in. Um, <laughs> and then when I got out of the cold shower, I was like, like, wow, I feel really good, and I haven't felt this good in a long time. I don't know why. I don't know what it was. There was something that it did to me that it like it just made my body and my mind feel at peace and feel good. Okay. So, All right. Yeah. All right. And you yeah. weren't working. So now right there at that moment, had you quit and you you, you had quit your job and you, you're thinking, how am I going to make a living? Was your, yeah. just for the listeners, was your wife working? Did you have some real estate? Like, were you okay financially or was it like ramen noodles right away? <laughs> no, we were, my wife was not working. We were okay financially for a little bit, okay. but that went away fast. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I got, I got into cold showers and then I was just looking for other deals in all different verticals. I was just looking for, again, the idea was always get to the money. doesn't matter the work. So okay. I was all just right. doing whatever. And I did a lot of weird stuff in between. <laughs> um <laughs> So anyhow, I continued in cold showers because it was like a quantifiable thing uh, that changed my behavior, my attitude, my outlook on life. It like calmed the storm inside. And, and it was as hard as it was. It was like the suffering was worse. I'll do it all day. Um, Interesting. Now, I just started. Yeah. During that time. Was your father-in-law like telling your 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 wife like. Wyatt has got to get his shit together. Like, what is he going <laughs> to do with his life? There had to be some of that going on. <laughs> um, yeah, I would not have been surprised. If there was, I would not be surprised. But I think I was also like, I don't know. I was super reserved and quiet. And oh, really? I didn't, not like about the situation. I, I don't think oh. people knew like okay. how bad the situation was, except my wife. And I think she was, she was very concerned about me for sure. Um, but, but. But definitely, like, it didn't make sense to a lot of people, um, mm -hmm. especially why, like, I quit the aviation gig. Because um, then, the like, the pivot was, I'm going to share cold therapy with everybody. Like, this was back before people were practicing ice baths, cold therapy, before it was cool. And, was no cool. pun intended. And, uh, yeah. Um, so, I yeah, I just was like, I'm going to, like, share the power of cold therapy and create the best cold therapy experience. Like, people need to feel this. Um, and uh, so that's what I that's what I did. Um, I ended up developing a product based around, like, I want to get out of the shower. I want to get out of the family bathtub. I want it to be its own meditative space outside. And then there are a bunch of other little requirements. And so I built the product to what I wanted. And then started just like refining it. Now, in between there, I still had to put food on the table. So I was doing a lot of different stuff. I was uh, like polo the game. I was selling sponsorship for a polo club. I was doing a little bit of home remodeling stuff. I was kept a small book of aviation. So I was selling some planes on the side for different customers. Um, <laughs> yeah, did a lot of different stuff just to keep going. Um, Whatever it, it got, takes. Whatever it, it takes. It got tough. Yeah. It got really tough. Um, and there were a lot of scary days for sure. Especially I got to the point where I was like, okay, I got to go all in on ice barrel on the company. And so 
then I was like using like our last like $20,000 to buy equipment. And it was so scary. Oh man. You're going um, all in. You're going yeah. all in now. Yeah. So how long did it take for the, for the R and D so to speak, or the development of the barrel? Uh, was that over a year? Was that over yeah. six months? It and was over a year. It okay. was a year. And then the following year, like we started getting sales and it was like a thing. And then the following year, it really started growing. Um, and then that was like 2020. And then uh, 2021, um, it just took off. It just took okay. off. And is that because of your selling skills, your marketing skills? What was the turning point? W what happened? Did you get featured in a magazine? Like what was the... Was there a moment where it was like, bam, all of a sudden everybody knows about Ice Barrel? Yeah, I think it was, uh, I'm, I'm a big believer in like 1% improvements every day. And I think it was a lot of doing a lot of the right things consistently, okay. uh, the little things consistently. And uh, I mean, the team that I hired to support me in this, like they're all geniuses and they're all way smarter than I am. Um, I was just, I guess, clever enough to put them together. And so we have amazing marketers on our team, amazing uh, okay. uh, just operationally uh, different positions. So I, I, I knew I needed people that were better than me, you know, in a lot of different areas to help build this. So I hired really smart people. Um, and then, yeah, we're like, I'm really, I'm really big that we can focus on our attitude and our efforts and the results will take care of themselves. And so, um, I just focused on those two things. How do I improve my attitude towards myself, towards life, towards all the situations that I found myself in? And how can I put a hundred percent effort in every single day? Um, and, okay. and I think the team took that as well. And we just grew. Icebarrel.com, icebarrel.com for the listeners. Talk to us about the product. I got some questions here. Let's get, let's get into, yeah. let's get into the barrel. Uh, I watched the videos. I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay, this is cool. I want to try this. And, you know, now it's popular. Like you said, you started doing it before it's popular. Now, you know, Joe Rogan and everybody else that has a podcast talks about the ice bath all the time. So now everybody's doing it, right? Um, yeah. But I'm looking at your barrel and and I, I right away, I'm like, okay, what's different about the barrel? T t tell me about the barrel. The very first thing I want to know is what, why is this barrel special and what keeps me from just going down to Ace Hardware and buying a barrel and filling it with some ice? I mean, talk to me. Give it, Give it to me. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. I got you. So again, your options uh, to practice cold exposure is your shower. Start there. That's a great starting point. And then you're going to naturally want to get into full body submersion. So you can go to a, um, you can use your family bathtub. Uh, you can go grab a stock tank. Those, those things are very inexpensive and a great way to start. That's what I did. Um okay. A couple of things uh, that I would say is when you get into a cold body of water, your body goes into the fight or flight response. And when you're trying to lie back in the fight or flight response, it's counterintuitive to what the body and mind want to do. So how can we put ourselves in the most comfortable position in an uncomfortable environment where we're engaging the water? If you think about it in nature, when do you ever go in the fight or flight response and then lay backwards and expose the front side of your body? 
Good point. You never do, right? The fight or flight response is protection. It's leaning in, it's engaging, right? And so I wanted to create this experience where just like you're in a cold lake where you're sitting upright or a river, right? You're in the upright position, taking a nice bath. Your spine is straight, which uh, makes concentration and breathing easier and also is a better supportive position while you're in the fight or flight response. Um, so a lot of it was like about positioning. Well, then I wanted other things. I wanted... I wanted a product that was big enough to fit most body types. Our barrel is 105 gallons. Whereas if you go to like a tractor supply, they're all 55 gallons. Well, what most people don't realize is you can't like, I'm only five, seven. I can't get in a 55 gallon drum. Like there's not enough room in there for my knees. Right. Um, So there were barriers to entry to just other than like a family bathtub, right. Or a horse trough. So um yeah, I wanted something that was big enough, something that was sustainable. So our product is made, our, our black barrel is made from 100% uh, recycled materials. Uh, so I wanted to build sustainability into the business as well. Okay. Um, What's it made from? What's it? Can you, is that patented, super secret, top secret? <laughs> no, no, not at all. It's made from LLDPE, which is a low linear density polyethylene. It's the same thing that is used in like food packaging uh water portable water storage uh when okay. they clamp an umbilical cord on a baby it's a like a medical grade plastic it's the same type of plastic so oh. it's a non-toxic uh it doesn't leach any toxins microplastic things like that uh okay okay yeah, okay it's and a really, where you it's a really have, cool product where are you having it made at here in the U.S., yep, we manufacture the product in Ohio. Uh, we control the whole manufacturing process from start to finish. Wow, how about that? Okay, very good. And how so, long? Go ahead. Well, okay, so get this: in 2019, living in Castle Rock, Colorado, and I needed to, I needed a better way to scale the business, and so moved my family out here to Ohio. Um, which was definitely the right move because we need to change. And uh, we were, my wife and I were passionate about what we were building with the business. Um, and we needed to be in a more industrial place. And the way that we make our product, Ohio is like the epicenter for that in the US. I so I needed to I get to Ohio. So 2019 moved out here to Ohio uh, to keep building the business. Oh, okay. But you don't, you, you partner with a manufacturer that, that makes it for you. And then you, you warehouse it. So you handle warehousing, distribution, marketing, sell. You, you handle everything except for the manufacturing. Uh, not, well, not necessarily. We handle quite a bit of the manufacturing. Like we buy the plastic, like we buy the plastic um, and we rent the machines, but we control the actual like manufacturing huh? process. Huh. Wow. Yeah. It's all our IP. Um, okay. Even getting the, pro- like it was very, very challenging to be able to make the product. If you, if you think about it, there is no plastic barrel out there that is an actual true barrel. If you look at rain barrels, they have straight walls or they have a flat back. We're mm. the only product that is an actual true barrel shape um, all the way around 360. So it was a very complicated um, manufacturing process, uh, but Man. we dialed it in. You should have seen our boneyard <laughs> of, <laughs> of failed barrels uh how long does the barrel last i mean if i buy one is it like five years 10 years what what is it yeah we have a lifetime warranty on that barrel wow how about that lifetime, lifetime warranty lifetime. it's not going anywhere if it does break too we will like for whatever reason like 
uh, if it were breakdown, we would cover it under the warranty. I'm so confident in the product that we created. I'll replace if if it goes bad in 50 years, that's on us. We'll replace it. Are you creating a company though that's going to? I'm mean, now I'm thinking like an investor. That's cool. You got one SKU. Are you? What else are you selling me? Are you going? Is there add-ons? Is there premiums? Is there? What what else are you going to do? Are you going to create some other products for this company? Yeah, hundred percent. So we already have, um, and we're excited to launch them a lot of them this year. But after we created the product, we then, uh, gosh, probably about a year and a half later, we created a maintenance kit uh, to care for the product as well. Perfect. Perfect. Um, Good job. And nice. So, Good. Yeah. Good. Thank Good. you. Um, yes. So we did that and the maintenance kit is amazing. Um, it's helped tremendously. Uh, maintenance well. kit. And the maintenance kit is something that has to be replenished. That is correct. Yep. Good man. Okay. Now, <laughs> now I'm ready to invest. <laughs> well, <laughs> sounds good. I'll send you a pitch deck. <laughs> uh, 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 let me, uh, can, can you tell me, are the prices on the website or is it the prices top secret or on the, on the website or what's the deal? No, 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 no. You get, it's a thousand bucks to buy a barrel you get the barrel the base the lid the step stool the cover um i'm sure does the hot does the does the does the hot the hot chick that's on the website does she can she deliver it and set it up for me the brunette that's on the website (laughs) oh gosh i don't know who that is but i can arrange that if you'd like (laughs) you don't know who that is it's the model you hired what are you talking about we have uh, we switch out images all the time Oh, do you? Okay. She's a brunette. She's in like a leather bikini. I'm like, okay, hot chicks do sell stuff. So I get it. Uh, I didn't. Yeah. I'm not aware of that. <laughs> You're one, good answer. Good answer. Wyatt. No, she's not the one you got old ladies in the, in the older, older ladies in the, in the barrels on the main page. But if you scroll down, it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah, there we go. I'm interested in, okay. never mind. Kim, Kim, I know my wife's going to watch this too. She's going to eat the hell about it. Uh okay, I got off track. I went down a rabbit hole. Where was it? Where was I? Why? Oh, I mean, we're talking Man, about the we, cost of the barrel. Thousand bucks. Yep, yeah, thousand dollars. Thousand bucks. How about to get it? Is that delivered, or don't do have to pay another two hundred bucks to get it delivered and all that? No, I I mean we're we give out free shipping from time to time, so just keep watching the site to get free shipping. Um, but shipping's not expensive. We we worked really 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 hard, like really hard to get really good rates with FedEx. Um. And so we've been working them with them for a long time and they're an amazing partner of ours. So okay. $95, you can pretty much get it anywhere in the U S. Okay. Are you only selling direct to the consumer from your website or where else are you selling them? Yeah. So we have a dealer network as well, like Huckberry rogue fitness. You can buy them from there as well. Uh, there's about 55 dealers across the U S uh, in Canada uh, that resell our product. A few little mom and pop shops store some inventory of the product as well. Yeah, when you say uh, dealers, you mean wholesalers, or do you mean like actually, you mean like gyms, or what? What do you mean? Um, yeah, so some, so somebody that has an uh, an online brand or store, and they buy the product wholesale and sell it okay. retailer retail. Okay, very good. You selling them wholesale for what? Five <laughs> hundred? I wish. <laughs> I wish. Like I said, we control uh, the whole process, but recycled plastic is very expensive, and it's a very complicated pro- product to make. Uh huh. Okay. All right. Very good. Uh, how long does the ice last? I, that was one of my other questions. I noticed it had a lid and everything. How often do I have to put ice in it? And do I just freshen it up with ice or do I have to empty the whole thing and put fresh ice in? Can you talk to me yeah. about that? Yeah, hundred percent. So if you're in regard to like the water, if you use the maintenance kit, you can get, you know, four to eight weeks out of the life of the water. Ah, so you're not having to, not having to nice. dump it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Create some longevity. 
And then we have a really cool drainage system on it. You can hook up any standard garden hose and then you can go water your plants with it as well. Like you don't have to waste the water. You don't have to just flood your patio. You can direct the water where you want it, which was huge for me because I wanted to be able to living in the city. I wanted to be able to reuse the water to water my grass or my plants, things like that. Um, And as you know, living in Colorado, water, city water is expensive. Yeah. It's expensive. My water bill when I was doing R and D on this, right. Cause I'm filling up tons of barrels. I was paying like six to $800 a month in water living (laughs) in Castle Rock, Colorado. It was insane. How do you keep it from freezing? By the way, I was thinking about that this morning. uh, When I went outside, it's like four degrees here in Colorado today when we're we're recording this. And I thought, okay, well, what if my barrels outside, how do I keep it from freezing? Yeah, Good question. So here's what you do. You go in your garage and you find a hammer or a large stone or dumbbell and you go out and you break up the ice and then you get in and you don't have to add ice. You're good to go. <laughs> I like that. Uh, so, actually, but so actually you, in the yeah. winter, in the winter, it's actually even easier because it, 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 the ice will stay in there like forever. Yeah. I mean, in Colorado, like the fall, winter and springtime, you're fine. The water temperature stays low because it gets cold enough at night. And that's for a lot of places here in the U.S. Mm. Um, and then in the summertime, you can use ice or you can use a water chiller uh, to keep the oh. water cold. OK. And what's the temperature supposed to be when I get in it? Roughly. Yeah. 55 degrees is a great place to start. 55 to 60 degrees start there and then as you build up a tolerance to the cold you can go a little bit lower a little bit lower i've been doing it for five plus years now so i take my ice bath at 44 degrees um and and i'll stay in from anywhere from six to eight minutes but i would say um i also have a sauna and so when i'm doing the sauna the protocol is i'm in the sauna for 10 minutes the ice for three to four minutes and I do that uh, back and forth. Back and forth. Okay. Is there any safety risk? Health? Like, like, could I have a heart attack and die if I crawl into this thing? I'm, that's, my body thinks I'm freezing. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So um, now I have to tell you to go consult your medical practitioner before practicing <laughs> cold therapy. So definitely recommend that. Uh, read all of the um, uh, terms and conditions before you buy on the website. Uh, there are health health risks. Um, again, if 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 you have different mobility issues, if you have poor circulation, uh, if you have heart problems, you should definitely uh, find out if cold plunging is safe for you. Once you get the okay from your doctor, again, you want to ease into it. Start with a cold shower, then start filling up your bathtub. See how you like that. Then get an ice barrel. See how you like that, uh, okay. and then start working on getting the water colder and colder. Um, but most people find that, you know, 55 to 60 degrees is actually extremely tolerable. Um, and that you don't have to be extreme in order to uh, get the benefits. Okay. Very good. Uh, is your wife involved with the company? Does she help you or is she just raising those two, two kids that's on the videos, two beautiful children you got? I think it's two, right? Pretty sure. Three. We got three little oh, babies. Three. Oh, three. Three that's little right. babies. Yep. Uh, two girls and a boy. We love them dearly. And, um, she is, I mean, when she is not involved in like the day-to-day of the business, uh, but it would, um, it would discredit her immensely. Like she is my better half and keeps me going every day. So like her support and advocacy of the work that I do here, um, is greatly appreciated. And I couldn't do what I do without her. So I'm very, very grateful for her. A nightly advisor too. I'm sure you're talking to her about things at work, and she's like, "Well, have you tried this?" All the time. 
yeah, yeah. She's yeah, she's a great people person. So she helps me make good decisions uh, when it comes to people. So very thankful you know, for her. It's so interesting. My wife works for us here at Riderflex. Uh, you know, our day job is a recruiting firm, and uh, my wife started working for the company recently, and her title is you know, on the org chart is technically smaller than a couple of people that work for me. Right. And, uh, I had to remind one of my workers the other day, I said, Hey, look, here's the deal. She's, she's married to me, the founder, the CEO. Like, I, I don't care what her title is. If she says, I want the office painted green. We, that's probably <laughs> what you should do. That's what you do. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, she Absolutely. don't go around barking out orders, but when she does ask for something, yeah. You gotta it's do probably, it. Probably a good idea if you if you do it. <laughs> That's right. What, what's the plan, Wyatt? What what are we doing here? I mean, well, by the way, how big is the company now? And re- I don't know if you want to talk about revenue or maybe you just want to talk about people. But give us a general idea of how big you are right now. Yeah. Um. So we are. Uh, we've helped over sixty five hundred people uh, get colder, feel better through our product. Uh, we have, um, we have around nine full-time employees. Uh, we're growing rapidly. Um, and, uh, our vision is we see a future where the power of cold therapy enhances the potential of everybody everywhere. And we're on a mission, uh, to make cold therapy accessible and effective and to share the power of cold. So that's what we're doing. Um, and have you, on, I think, uh, have you taken on cash or did you bootstrap this thing? Or, 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 and where are you at with cash raise? Yeah. So bootstrapped it, uh, just started our first, uh, capital raise capital round, uh, which we're really excited about. Um, and yeah, that's our first one. So what are you, what are you um, raising? You, can you tell us? You sure? Yeah, you got to email me and uh, I'll vet you. And if you're the right person, I'll disclose all the details. <laughs> uh, okay. But you're in a raise. What are you calling it? Are you calling it like a, a angel seed series? What, what are you, what are you titling it? Yeah. So it's not a <laughs> good question. Um, no, a hole round. <laughs> we're, uh, we're, like that. Finding, <laughs> we're finding the right people. Uh, that can help us grow the brand strategically to help enhance and grow the vision of sharing the power of cold. Uh, and it's kind of like a hybrid round, I guess. Um, we're not, uh, I wouldn't call it like a series A. I think that's down the road. Um, but it's just kind of like a hybrid round uh, okay. where, okay. Yeah. yeah. You prefer individuals and angel and, and like family offices or are you, you're talking to PE and VC? Yeah, uh, I'm again. I'm looking for the right people that catch the vision. There's, I'm not looking for a bag of cash. There's a lot of money out there. I'm looking for the right people that can help the company grow uh, and share an interest in cold therapy and health and wellness. Now you are a master salesman. You are a hustler. So I'm guessing pitching to rich people to give you cash is you're gonna, That's for you. It's going to be like. Pfft. Easy. No problem. (laughs) I mean, I'm so passionate about what I do. So I think that just bleeds through. (laughs) Do you live on this? I saw it like a little farm with, with chickens and all this stuff in the, in the YouTube video. Like, is that really your place or was that just for the, for the, for the (laughs) shot? No, that's, that's my place. Yep. We have, uh, here's the thing. I've gotten myself into so many weird situations with different projects, trying to impress the kids. 
Um, so right now, yeah, we have uh, we have some chickens, we have some peacocks, uh, we have a golden retriever, and uh, I I mean I'm very I feel like I'm very intentional with how I live, how I eat, how I move, um, and I just good. try to uh, be a good example to my kids and show them how to do the same thing. You're obviously eating and doing all the right things. I saw you with your shirt off in the damn video. You're in pretty good, <laughs> you're pretty good shape. Is that was that a body double or was that really you? Oh man, that's probably my uh my stunt man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, seriously, I'm like, damn, look, he's working out in the gym. He's like, he's like, you know, does your is your is your wife in great shape like you too? Oh uh, yeah, she's uh she's a smoke show. <laughs> no, she's <laughs> just kidding. That's a weird term. Uh no, she, yeah, she's she's in incredible shape. She's a much better athlete than I'll ever be. Really? Okay. Well, you're a pretty yeah. good athlete. Okay. I mean, you're looking good in that. You're you're selling it, man. You're selling it. I love it, man. Hey, listen, I I love your your hustle. You are a hustler, my friend. I mean, you are you're one of those guys. You're like, hey, I'll I'll do whatever. Like you said, you're chasing the cash, but you chased the cash earlier. Now you're actually able to chase cash with a passion, which is nice, right, for you. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I got to a place in life where uh, just through through a lot of therapy and. Uh, self-awareness that I, I found that um, I, I like is maybe as strange as it sounds to some people like there's a world where you can be fully out of control and fully safe at the same time and that your childhood traumas and challenges don't have to define your future and so I found that place of peace in life and uh, I do not chase money like I used to and I'm really thankful for that um, and what I guess what I am chasing um, would be just a more meaningful life that is sustainable and that my kids can look up to one day and be like, you know, dad did a good job. You know, dad showed up for us every day. Uh, dad showed us what it means to love well, lead well, sacrifice well, suffer well. Um, and I think that's, that's what I'm looking for. That's a good place to end the show right there. Wyatt. thank you very much for sharing your story on the Rider Flex podcast, sir. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Super happy to be here. Right there. Let's